0: favor. Thank you, Lord, for making my tongue as the pen of the ready writer and giving ears to the people to hear what you want to say to us regarding this great subject of favor. Thank you for your favor that's here this morning, your favor that rests right now on this congregation. And on all that you have called us to do, thank you for your favor, God, that rests on the income of your people, Lord. I I thank you that with this favor that's been shown to us, the reduction in rent of over $10,000 a month, that, Lord, that favor corporately is now falling on your people Incomes, bank accounts, and careers are going to increase in your favor, Father. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you that daily you are adding to our number such as are being saved. I thank you, Father, that we have a heart to share Jesus, that we are a gathering that is passionate about sharing Christ outside of these four walls. making him real in this great message of the gospel. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. This is part two of our series, Walking in Favor, and I've called it Increasing in God's Favor. I'd like to read something to you as we begin. You can't be mean, says one mother as she observes a stranger favoring one child over another in a New York clothing store. You can't play favorites, insists another. These responses, like those of other people, reflect observers' outrage as they witness a mother favoring one child over another. The incident, staged by the ABC show Primetime, what would you do? took place on a Saturday afternoon as a mother shopped for clothing with her two elementary school-aged children. The producers staged the incident to replicate observations frequently made by the manager of a Long Island clothing store. A mother flourishes praise and attention on one child and ignores or criticizes another. For the purpose of the show, shoppers in the store were unaware that the mother and the children were actors and that the incident was staged. The reactions of the customers in the store were raw, pained, and infuriated. Most described the mother's treatment as abusive, unfair, and harmful. They emphatically stated that parents should love all their children and appreciate the inner beauty of each one. One observer, so disturbed by the mother's treatment of the unfavored child, walked out of the store and criticized the store's manager for not reporting the mother's abusiveness to the city's Department of Child Welfare. Another tried to counsel the mother, telling her directly that she was harming her child. Another observed spontaneously, other observe, uh, observed spontaneously hugging the unfavored child children so others in the store would just go up to the unfavored child and hug her appreciating her beauty ultimately an off-duty policeman detective who was shopping in the store with his wife and children exploded and berated the mother for her treatment of her unfavored child he emphatically reminded that mother that all children were beautiful inside When the show's moderator told observers that they had witnessed actors acting, he was confronted with intense emotions. Some observers burst into tears of relief. Others continued to rant, expressing feelings of outrage. One witness, an elementary school teacher, railed against parents who displayed favoritism as she described its devastating impact on many of her students. Even upon hearing the truth, that what he or she had witnessed, as was an enactment, this observer could not brush aside what they had seen. Our text this morning is found in Luke's Gospel. Would you join me in chapter 2? Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. Well, I'll go. Now, these last 10 verses here, starting back in verse 41, tell us about how that Jesus' parents, the entire family, and all their attendants were up at the city Jerusalem for their annual celebration of feasts and in particular the Feast of the Passover and they were there worshiping and then they left, they went home. They didn't realize that Jesus wasn't amongst them. They thought that he had got mixed up with some of the other attendants and individuals who were with this party of people traveling. And so it wasn't until a day's journey later that they realize Jesus is not with them that's the text here that's the context verse 48 and when his parents saw him they were astonished and his mother said to him son why have you treated us so behold your father and I have been searching for you in great distress and he said to them why were you looking for me Did you not know that I must be about my father's house? Did you not know that I must be about my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with the Lord. Would you read verse 52 aloud, please? And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God. Amen. Amen. This needs just a little bit of adjustment, brother. Please, there's a ring to it. Thank you so much. When we think about the favor of God, one of the things that we think about first, of course, is God's unmerited favor. Do you remember that first encounter that you had with God, with God's forgiveness? Uh, I remember the sense, the sweeping, overwhelming sense of cleansing, of washing that I was no longer guilty, that I didn't need to carry my shame anymore. Can any of you identify with that? Do you you remember that first encounter where guilt was removed and shame was washed away and you felt a freshness? You felt like it was a new day. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for salvation? Aren't you glad for the new birth? Aren't you thankful for forgiveness? That removes all our sin, washes us in the blood of Jesus, and makes us right before God. That's unmerited favor. Another definition of favor is receiving access to the very presence of God like Jesus had it. Receiving access to the very presence of God like Jesus had it. Wow. I think about how Jesus walked in the presence. I think about what it must have been like for Jesus to just live and walk, have His entire being in the
1: presence. Every
0: day, the fullness. We read it last week, John 1, 16, The fullness of God you have access to that you can walk in that, you have access to that and it's not age dependent it's not for adults only I'm looking at some teens here this morning I'm looking at some young adults here this morning yeah this is for you you can walk in the same presence of God that Jesus enjoyed that's favor here's another definition of God's favor God's operational power. Luke wrote in Acts chapter 4, verse 33, And with great strength and ability and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace, loving kindness and favor and goodwill rested richly upon them. Say this, loving kindness... favor and goodwill rests on my life life. I operate in the power the same power power as Jesus' disciples. Now see there's just one verse in the New Testament right there and we can take that and make a beautiful declaration that we should be declaring over our lives. I live I live in his favor. I live in his goodwill. I live in his loving kindness. His favor rests on me and I'm able to do the same things that his disciples did in his name. Hallelujah. I like that. Now what we want to be careful about with the subject of favor. Favor doesn't mean favorite. Favor doesn't mean approval. How many of you know what a teacher's pet is? How about mommy's boy? He's just a mama's boy. Oh, he's the teacher's pet. What are we saying when we say that? Well, that, that person is being given unusual, being shown unusual kindness, and favor and is being given privileges that the other children don't get both of you are teachers you know something about having to stay and be careful and not show favoritism to kids but it's so it's difficult because there's kids there are some kids that want to be there, they're passionate, they're involved, they answer the questions, they raise their hand, they don't give you any problems in the classroom. And then there are those kids. And then there are those, how many of you could, yeah, maybe you were one of those, huh? And you weren't, you weren't a mama's boy. And you weren't teacher's pet. In fact, you were teacher's headache. You were teacher's, oh my God you were teachers <laughs> but see God doesn't play favorites God doesn't have any problem with favorites God doesn't have any problem or difficulty trying to rein back and hold back showing favoritism to one and not really liking somebody else maybe you feel like god has done that and you've been at the short end of the stick maybe you feel like god's been showing favoritism to other believers other men and women of god i mean you you look at heidi baker if you 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 look at uh, if you're a female you might be looking at heidi baker if, you're a man you might be looking at Bill Johnson if you're you know whoever you admire in the faith whoever you think is great in the faith and you say oh I I wish I you know I wish I had those blessings I wish I operated in that power I wish listen to Acts chapter 10 verse 28 and he said to them you yourselves know How unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. Now, this was Peter being drawn by the Holy Spirit, sent to go conduct a meeting for Gentiles. Jews weren't allowed to enter the home of a Gentile, much less eat with them. And here that's exactly what Peter was about to do at the house of Cornelius. And boy, did he have an awakening to the grace of God, the favor of God. And he says in verse 28, God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Boy, that'll change your language. That'll change how you listen to the news. That'll change how you look at people who have lifestyles, That you don't approve of. And so we label. Isn't it easy to label? Come on now. Isn't it easy to label? Isn't it easy to think less of? To let favoritism enter in? To think that maybe God is withholding his blessing on a certain person because of their lifestyle. And because they don't live their faith like you do. And here's Peter going into a household, a Gentile household of faith, but not like he believed it, not like he practiced it. And God says, Peter, I want to give you a lesson here. Don't you call any man common. Don't you refer to any human being as unclean. Romans chapter 2, verse 11, For God shows no partiality, undue favor, or unfairness. With him, one man is not different from another. Well, why is this so true about our Father? Why does our Father have no problem with partiality or having a teacher's pet? Because God accepts and positions you and me by one standard only, Jesus. That's the standard. Jesus. It's not according to you or me or my righteousness or your goodness, my behavior or your behavior. It's not according to how much you pray or read your Bible or any of that. Your right standing with God is based on Jesus. Aren't you glad? The favor of God in your life is based on Jesus and what he's done. Listen to this. Love is unconditional whereas favoritism is not. Favoritism depends upon someone's behavior and in that then bringing gratification to the person who's showing the favor. You see, when you live a judgmental life, When you don't understand the favor and the love of God, you actually receive gratification out of judging individuals, putting them into categories, label them, labeling them, and then showing favoritism to them based on their behavior. Behavior and favoritism, put it this way, favoritism requires behavior before it will love. God loves before you behave. Ah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of god how about when you're smoking that cigarette i am the righteousness of god uh, how about if you've not gotten free yet completely of that habit i am the righteousness of god well what do you mean you mean you mean when when i'm smoking that when when i'm pushing that needle when i'm when I'm drinking from that bottle, you, you mean when I've left that place where I know I should be in walking with God and living by His favor and living in His power and I, I slip and I'm doing something I know I don't want to do. But I, you know what you should do? Right in the middle of it, right when it's going on, start declaring, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ see if you focus on your identity the power of your identity will change your behavior if you focus on your behavior the power of performance The power of sin, the power of the law will just strengthen the very thing you do not want to do. Listen to me. Paul said it this way. The strength of sin is the law. The strength of doing what I don't want to do is focusing on I should not, taste not, touch not, Do not, I shall not, I have to stay away. Now, I'm not saying that's a license to sin. I'm just saying when you focus on your identity, the strength to live in His favor comes from who you already are in Jesus Christ. It comes from who He's already made you to be, not from someone you're trying to become. Mm. Oh, come on. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. And because of him you are in Christ. Because of him you are in Christ Jesus. Let's just say that first part. Aloud, please, together. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. Once more, as loud as you can. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. Why is that important? Because he became to you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. When are you wise? Now. When are you redeemed? Past tense now. When are you the righteousness of God? Well, we already read, he made you the righteousness of God. Now, it's not my righteousness. It's not my goodness. It's not my good behavior. It's not me perfectly obeying the Lord and living by the commands because if it depends on that, I'm a failure. I'm a miserable failure. How about you? Oh, I'm looking at some of you and I know. Well, I don't know how preachers get in the pulpit and preach legalism and law and sin and behavior modification. And I would just think that would be miserable to be on that side constantly of people and on the other side of God's goodness constantly. I don't know how you do that. But telling people who they are in Christ... Mm, that lifts see telling people now we just read earlier that we're not to call any man common or unclean let me suggest a new approach in your evangelism let me suggest a new way of witnessing and sharing your faith instead of labeling those who have not yet come to Christ and begin to follow him instead of labeling those people uncommon or common unclean how about seeing them the way that God sees them how about in your prayer beginning to declare over their life they are the righteousness of God in Christ thank you father that Jesus already bore their sickness carried their disease and by his stripes they're healed father I thank you that Jesus came and he came to set us free it's in Christ because we are in Christ we are righteous we are wise We are sanctified, we are redeemed. I need to move on because I want to tell you about this New Testament idea of favor. Now, we've talked about his unmerited favor, and we've talked about his favor that comes on his life that changes us. And we've talked about the fact that his power, the access to his presence is available to all of us but there is yet another New Testament idea to favor that Jesus himself walked in an experience that I want to explore for a few moments this morning according to our text verse 52 look at it once more verse 52 of chapter 2 and Jesus increased in wisdom stature and favor say it Jesus increased in wisdom stature and favor let's break that down Jesus increased in wisdom Jesus increased in stature and Jesus increased in favor now if Jesus increased in favor I suppose I can increase in favor if Jesus needed to increase in favor if Jesus walked in the blessing of increasing favor I wonder if that means I can walk in increased favor that that where God wants me and is taking me and is bringing me is different from where I might be today that's why Christianity never gets old that's why your faith in God never gets tired or boring because where you are today is not is not all that God has for you aren't you glad now listen here he uses the word increase Weymouth's translation says gained. Weiss's translation says hewing a pioneer path ahead he made steady progress in wisdom stature and favor with the Lord. Rotherham's translation says advancing in I want to advance in favor. I, I I want to set a path and a course and make steady progress every day in more and more favor of God. How about you? I don't want to stay where I am. I, I want to experience more of the presence of God. I want to walk in what Jesus walked in. Well, how do you increase favor then? If Jesus increased in favor, how does one increase in favor? number one pressing in to God's presence positions you for God's favor and provision say it with me pressing into God's presence positions you for God's favor say it again pressing into God's presence positions you for God's favor what do I mean how how many of you remember the little short man he was spoken of as being uh, short. I, I don't think he was like midget, but he was just a small man. He was a short man. I, I don't know. Maybe he was what we might term a midget, or I think it's, un, it's, I think it's politically uncorrect now to speak of very short people as midgets. I think they call them little people. And so maybe this man was a little person. I don't know. The Scripture's not completely clear on that. But I know this, he was too short to see, you know, he was not equal with the stature of the majority of the crowd who were watching Jesus come through town. His name was Zacchaeus. And he so badly wanted to see Jesus. He so badly wanted to be in Jesus' presence. He so badly wanted to have a conversation with Jesus. He, he He was so drawn. There was something in him that longed for more. How about you? Have you been longing for more? Or are you satisfied with what you got a year ago? Two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. How about when you were... My goodness, you've been saved forever. (laughs) Angelo, how long have you been saved? Since 1976. 1976. Some of you were not born. 1976. Some of you weren't on planet Earth when he accepted Jesus. (laughs) Are you satisfied with that? Are you satisfied with what took place there, and that that's all there is? How long have you been walking with God? Since 1959. Since 1959. So you have this gentleman beat. <laughs> 1959. Wow. 52658. See, I, I go by my birthday. I judge things by five twenty, six fifty-eight, and you started walking with the Lord when in 1959. That's when you accepted Jesus. So I mean, you weren't like one or two years old. You were already. I was nine. You were nine. He's been alive on planet Earth longer than everybody but my mom. Oh. No, oh Bob, Bob. That's right. Bob is in his... Boy. And Lila. <laughs> you, you know you got a welcoming, loving congregation When if you say just one thing wrong. We, in concert, it wasn't like just my wife that time, did you notice? In concert, we all started correcting the pastor. That's good. And, and you received the Lord when you were... Oh, at least 45 years ago. Okay, 45 years ago. Let me ask you that have been walking with God a long time. It's easy for that commitment to faith to become stagnant, to become average, to become mediocre, to become standby, to become where you wonder, you know, why? (laughs) Unless you walk in favor, unless you increase in favor, See, Jesus increased in favor, and so can we." And little Zacharias, or Zacchaeus, excuse me, he climbed a tree, the scripture says, got up into the limbs of the tree so that he could see down and see Jesus. And do you know what Jesus did? Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Zacchaeus was a Gentile. Zacchaeus wasn't even yet a person of faith he certainly wasn't born again Jesus says come down out of that tree today I'm going to come have dinner at your house how can you increase in favor long for the presence of God are you satisfied with where you are in your walk shouldn't be How do you move forward? How do you take the next step? Long for, desire. Are you willing to climb a tree? Are you willing to do what's uncomfortable and inconvenient to have the presence of God? It's not convenient to come to church every week. It's not convenient to come back for the belonging. It's not convenient to go to small group. It's not convenient to get involved and to serve. It's it's so often not convenient. But the Bible says that one of the ways that we increase in our favor is to press, to press, to press. Psalm 27, verse 4, I love this. One thing I have asked of the Lord and that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. You see, you don't have to go to a building to pursue the presence of the Lord. You can host God's presence by simply getting quiet and saying, Father, here I am now watch me because this is intentional what I'm showing you right now is part of my sermon very intentional I think the Holy Spirit will give some of you just a key here get alone with the Lord get away from all distractions shut yourself completely off you say I don't have any place in my life where I can do that sure you do your car get in your car and go drive somewhere where am I gonna drive go out into an empty field Go sit in an empty parking garage somewhere where it's all shut down for the day. Go somewhere. Get alone with God and just do this. Do this now. Heavenly Father, here I am. I just want to be with you. Now, don't Don't say anything else. Just sit. The Bible calls it meditation. To meditate in his temple. Well, Paul said, I am the temple. I'm the new house of the Lord. And I love this. One thing, if there was one thing, dear ones, I could tell you this morning to help you grow in your Christianity. If there was just one thing I could tell you that would move you out of A Christianity, a walk with God that's become mediocre and boring and a challenge to just stay faithful, it's to get alone with God and meditate. One thing, to dwell in his presence. Secondly, the favor of God can be geographical. Increased favor of God can be geographical. We were on our way to the church service this morning, and we many of you know where we live east of here off of Hawley. Now, the next major intersection as you head west from Hawley is, we live that way, Colorado Boulevard. Now, as God is my witness, my mom, even in the back seat, noticed this. We're driving along, sunshine, beautiful day, not a lot of clouds, just thinking, wow, this is going to be another warm one. We got to Colorado Boulevard, went through the light, and just passed, just several yards past, about from probably. The, the curtain to the back wall there we got that far west of Colorado traveling in the car and it starts raining first it just here and there and and then it it got it grew it the favor grew and my wife spoke up and said what what is that hitting the car and all of a sudden our windshields wet and I'm having to turn our wiper on and then we drove out of it no clouds sunshine. My mom says, is that rain? Why, it's sunshine out. Now, listen to me. I thought about it for a moment. I said to Nina, you know what? That's curious because I'll bet that the distance, if we were able to measure the longitude and latitude of where our car was when it started raining on it, just that far west of Colorado Boulevard would be about the same distance of our new church building space west of Colorado. That that shopping center sits just off Colorado and you turn into it off of Colorado and then you drive all the way to the west end or to the west side of that shopping center. And I bet that where our space is, is a about the exact same distance that we had traveled past Colorado Boulevard and it started rain I thought that was fun I thought that was prophetic that God was speaking to there's new rain coming there's new rain but folks sometimes you gotta leave where you are to get to where God wants you to be. Sometimes you got to let go of what you're so involved in to get over to where God wants. Sometimes you got to leave the place where it's become comfortable and familiar and it's sure and it's easy and reliable. And you've got to leave that so that you can increase in favor and get to where God wants you to be in his presence, in his But Now, see, God's not playing favorites. He's not determining that you're more blessed than she is blessed. He's not doing that. It's that favor, increase in favor, sometimes comes with proximity. Oh, I don't know. See? You know, you've had that happen, I'm sure, as you travel across the country, haven't you? Where you drive in and out of rainstorms weather patterns isn't that interesting how it can be sunny and bright and beautiful and all of a sudden without any notice you drive right into almost torrential rain you drive a couple of blocks and it stops just how many of you have done that traveling in your car sure I think everybody that's ever traveled in their car for a distance has had that happen you know what I'm told about that that there's actually something in the earth having to do with its heat And with its temperature that draws, it draws that moisture out of the clouds. And so as you travel, there's different parts of the ground that just aren't, they're just not sucking, they're just not. Searching, they're just not longing for, it. they're just not reaching, they're just not, they're satisfied with what they have right now. They got saved when they were 10, and now they're satisfied. They, they experienced falling under the power of the Holy Spirit a couple of years ago, and they haven't, you know, they just haven't. And there's no rain there. But if you live every day, I mean, if when you throw your legs out over the edge of the bed and you're sitting there contemplating, just could I have ten more minutes? Just I'll, I'll set, I'll reset my alarm. Have, by the way, that's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> when you hit the snooze button, have you ever experienced? If you hit that snooze button, thinking just ten more minutes, you are about to wake up in the worst mood, drogy, your head swimming oh it's it's the worst because if you fall back into REM sleep which is very likely when you do that coming out of sleep that's been pretty good and you just feel oh I just need 15 more minutes. I just need 10 more minutes you hit that you are about to go back into REM sleep and you will feel terrible getting up have you had that happen see Christians we do that as Christians Oh, if I could just stay here a little bit longer, Lord, if I could just ignore that church service, Lord, and not go this week. Lord, if I could just stay home this week. Lord, if I could just not make that extra effort to be at that gathering. Lord, if I could just not have to read my Bible or pray. Now, see, it has nothing to do with the Lord accepting you it has nothing to do with God being pleased with you and it has nothing your performance or behavior doesn't change anything about your right standing with God but it will affect the favor the presence that you experience because sometimes favor is geographically located my pastor who passed away some years ago his name was Buddy Harrison How many of you are familiar with Kenneth Hagan? Yeah, several of you. Okay. Buddy Harrison was Kenneth Hagan's son-in-law. So my pastor, Buddy, married Patsy Hagan. That was the relationship. My pastor once said in a meeting that I was in regarding this subject of favor and presence, he said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I needed to run some errands and so I took my daughter Candy with me. He had two daughters, one was named Candy and one was named help me honey, Cookie. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, Cookie and Candy. Yeah, really. Candice, Candice was her full legal name. Cookie and Candy, that were their names. So he said one day I needed to run some errands and uh, Candace was there, said, can I go? And said, sure, get in the car. Well, on their way home from the errands, they stopped at the ice cream shop. All right? So Pastor Buddy and Candy come walking into the house, licking on these really nice ice cream cones. Cookie comes into the room, sees this, and starts complaining. Why didn't you buy me one? Why'd she get one? Buddy just sat for a minute and then he said, "Because you weren't with me. You weren't in my presence. When I called, i said i'm going to run some errands. Anybody want to go you didn't respond some." Sometimes the favor of what we experience in terms of the power and the blessing is geographical. And finally, I'll give you this. Favor is often tied to timing and season. So in our text here, Jesus gets caught up in the temple. He gets left by his parents. They go on a day's journey, realize he's not there, turn around and go back after him now the whole text there which we did not read all of it states that Jesus he was 12 years of age at this point was sitting in the temple with the Pharisees and the Sadducees with the religious leaders listening and posing questions and answering teaching theology 12 years old his parents find him finally and they begin to give him a rebuke here's Jesus's response we did read this were you not aware that I must be about my father's business how many of us have that today how many of us could say that no matter what's going on in our lives no matter what's going on in our season Or in the timing of things right now which could be very frustrating there could be some things going on with family there could be some things pulling on you desiring you to shift and do something different with your life but how many of us like Jesus could say hey I'm sorry I've hurt your feelings I I'm I'm sorry you couldn't find me but hey I had to be about my father's business now, Jesus, not wanting to be rude or stupid or, you know, he honored his parents. He went home with them quickly, and it's, Scripture says he submitted himself fully to them and walked and obeyed and learned, and, and then we read, he grew in stature and favor with man and God. We'll talk about that in our next message. How do you grow in favor with man? It's going to be a really practical down-to-earth kind of you need to hear this I know somebody else who in the scripture the scripture says she had an issue of blood which is internal hemorrhaging and she spent all of her money trying to get better she'd gone to all the doctors nobody could help her she was on her last dime and she was getting ready to die scripture says she Heard, watch this. We'll pick it up here in verse 27. When she heard, Mark chapter 5, verse 27. For when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she kept saying, If only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. At once the bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease Jesus knowing at once that power had gone out of him he turned in the crowd and asked who touched my clothes who drew on my favor I love everybody in this crowd every God sees all of you the same God's blessed all of you with the same righteousness And he starts all of us with the same measure of faith, the Bible says. Same measure of grace, same measure of faith. He is not partial to any man. But then there are some people that choose to live above that. I was in a bathroom one time, again traveling. It's amazing what things you can learn (laughs) when you're traveling. So we had pulled over. We, we had we had pulled over and I was in the bathroom you know there's things written on the wall and one of them said all men are created equal some cho- some just choose to live above that I've never forgotten that I was in my 20s I've never forgotten that see we're all created equal we all have and start with the same measure of grace and faith but some of us choose to do something with that some of us choose to press in to position ourselves in relationship to God's activity and some of us choose to set our timing and determine our seasons by what God's pouring out and we will press like Zacchaeus we will climb up in a tree if necessary like this woman who was left alone to die she was dying she heard about Jesus and she kept saying I know I know if I can but touch the hem of his garment if I can but touch the hem of his garment if I can just get to Jesus and touch the hem of see she wasn't satisfied with what was she knew she could receive more if she could touch if she could reach if she should could get out of mediocrity and what is and and just the average and she could go and she could press when people had given her up there was more how about you Do you realize there's more today But you're going to have to press God might want you to climb a tree Of faith to get there God might want you to say over and over again You're facing some circumstances I mean that are wanting to take you down Take you out and steal and rob your faith But if you'll keep saying in your heart If you'll keep quoting that scripture And keep saying in your heart God is good God will see me through this God will supply this need God is my provider. God is my healer. Body, in the name of Jesus, you are well. Healing flow throughout. Healing flow throughout my intestines. Healing flow throughout my digestive tract. In the name of Jesus, I curse that virus. I curse that disease. And I command it to go right now. In the name of Jesus, you just keep saying. You keep saying. You keep saying. You keep saying. You keep saying. And you're going to touch you're going to access something that otherwise wasn't available. I told you there were three. I'll leave you with one other. Corporate, corporate anointing. Corporate moves require corporate favor. Therefore, individuals will often get caught up in the wave of God's favor when it comes time for that move. I don't know about you, but if, if I were you, knowing what I know about this move we're getting ready for, I would start pressing into your career, your bank account, your monies, your vacations, I would start pressing into all of that and believing God like never before to release new provision in your lives, new blessing on your career, new blessing and favor on you and your relationships with your boss and and those that are around you in your job, new blessings and favor to come on you in relationship to your bills and your finances, okay? Believing God like never before to set you free. I really believe some people are going to Uh, enter into a state of being debt free completely set free, debt free I declare that over you I declare over you congregation that as a result of this move and the favor that's come upon again God's already on the front end of things. Decrease the monthly rent. They asked us. They came to us. They said to us, "We want to do this for you. Decrease the rent by ten thousand dollars a month in order to make this possible, dear ones." I want to say to you that with this corporate move, there is an individual catching up, a, a sweeping up that can come in your life, your finances, your health, and I'd start pressing into it right now. Climb that tree if you need to be. Uh, if you need to be like Zach be like that woman who had the issue of blood your circumstances are not too dire your circumstances can change Your if you can see it with your natural eyes it is subject to change press in, press in touch the hem of his garment and you will see those things change there is a corporate favor being released over this body in the name of Jesus